Hello. And welcome. Welcome again. Number 12. 12. I've hashed that out prior to starting. Yeah. And I actually have a topic today. Oh, you do have a topic. Did you just come up with it? No, I had it. I came up with it last night after. Oh, 30 seconds ago, you said you didn't have a topic. No, I said I did. Oh, I thought you said you didn't know what we were talking about. I know I did. Oh. Because I was actually excited. So I haven't heard it. So now you're going to drop a surprise on me. Yeah, I'm going to drop a surprise on you. What is it? Um, So I, I had a dream last night. And so I thought it would be appropriate to talk about dreaming. Ooh, dreaming. That's a good one. Yeah, right. And so to, to begin with, I want to say that dreaming is designed there for you to work through your shit. That's perfect for the dream I had last night. Yeah? That's perfect. Yeah, we'll get there. And so, now... It is fun and it's a good playground to play with. But I think if you use it as a tool and you and I have like anytime, you know, we sit down and have discussions, a lot of them start out or end up or get backed out by like, oh, yeah, and I had a dream about this or they just start out with I had a dream about this. And then we spend, you know, hours, if not days, trying to resolve whatever that dream tried to bring up or try to address. Yeah. And so. I, I will say that as dreaming is just an amazing tool if you use it right. Besides the fact that you can have fun there. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I do believe it is your subconscious, higher self, spirit, trying to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Because to guide you. Guide you, yeah. To show you things that, that it once brought to your attention, things that you haven't worked through, things that are, you know, on the top of, of your higher mind that you may not be fully aware of in your waking day to day or maybe it is affecting you unbeknownst to self yeah 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 and so so I, last night after i had that dream and, and then i went to bed thinking where we're going to record today and so i think the dream happened for that reason and so I'm like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for one, to talk about dreaming and then two, to kind of go through the process that you and I go through to kind of analyze and uncover the, the metaphorical nature of dreaming and then, and then just, just kind of like showcase what, what release or, or what progression or what, or, or what the calling to the higher self reflection looks like. Right, if the higher self is calling through the dreams or is guiding through the dreams, what does it look like to listen to that or to process that? And I know that all sounds very like high level and crap, but all it is is you just talk about your dream or you think about the dream and you think about the metaphorical nature of like the things in there. Yeah. And mine was just perfect, you know, to where I'm like, oh, and and then the the one I had earlier in the week too, we could bring that up you know it just yeah. it just uncovers these nuances about self of self-perception or maybe self deception or self-trauma or self um hold back that you don't even realize you're holding and when you say uh metaphors maybe we should talk about that to begin with like a lot of people have dreams of uh where they're they're driving a car or or they're not driving a car they're mine, being driven in a car driving a car in a car in a bus in a plane they're being you know, and that, that is a metaphor for moving forward, moving forward, moving forward or 
control. Well, it depends. It, it depends. It depends what the dream is, right? If you're moving forward, mine was literally I was in a car again, right? If you're moving forward, and then depending on how that moving forward goes, that is a metaphor of what is it that you think about or perceive about the current time frame of moving forward. I'll just talk about my dream because it's literally car related. Okay. So, the the portion that I want to talk about is I am driving a car, and I'm what kind of car? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so there might be some anxiety about Ooh. about that. It's something. So I'm driving a car and I'm in the carpool lane, but I go through carpool lane every weekday morning. So that's not abnormal, right? And the, the all the cars are just in line, staying in line, right? And it and the and the the way the carpool works out for us is it's kind of like this downward hill. We have two carpool lines, but the first carpool for, line for school to drop our school, kids off. Yeah, yeah, and the carpool line that I'm responsible for is it goes down the hill and then it kind of like veers in and turns to the right, and then the school is to the right, you know. But in my dream, I'm up top of this hill, but this is not the actual hill. It does not look anything like the actual, and it's dark, and everybody's just lined up in this line to you know, and I move off the center I move away out of this line and I and I start speeding down this hill but uncontrollably right so I'm not in control you lost speeding. control of the car no the car is speeding by itself how's that different from you lost control I don't well in this case it's more deliberate well metaf right metaphorically is it one of those fancy self-driving cars that took off <laughs> Or is it a? I don't. I don't know if it has anything to do with self driving or not. Okay. But, but maybe there's some anxiety about that, um, right? And so now I I am the one who chooses to wear off of this lane. I I I by choice choose not to be in this line, but as I choose not to be in this line, therefore I'm in this. You know, do you know how the the road splits? And then, then the buses can start going around right there where, where it branches out into two lanes. Yeah. So I'm right there branching out in two lanes. And then all of a sudden, I or it or whatever it is, but it's either I'm not in control or I am in some weird state of mind. I hit the gas and the car is just out of control. And I'm all of a sudden going up the hill to my left which is a steep, steep hill. It does not exist in real life, but it's the steepest hill. And I do think this is somewhere from my previous life or, or in this lifetime, I remember this hill. And, and I'm just going crazy up it. And I am trying to find the brake and I, I cannot get the brake. So, right, I'm just out of, the car is out of control and I cannot stop it. Which is, you know, I have those dreams a lot. It, with various nuances, like oh, the brakes are not there, or you're driving from the back seat, or I had a lot of back seat. I used to have a lot of dreams where I'm in the back seat, but yet I'm driving. Yeah, but the back seat driving is means you feel you feel like you're not in charge of your path. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had that in a long time, but I used to have that very frequently. Yeah, but in my case, I am in charge of this path because I'm in the driver's seat. But the acceleration is out of my control, and then the braking is out of my control, right? So here's the key, and this is where it gets great. As I as I continue 
to speed, all of a sudden you, who's also my ex-boyfriend, but this happens a lot in my dream, like I, I confuse people, uh, is sitting in the passenger seat, right? And all of a sudden I'm at the top and and it's not a hill. So like the car is starting to slow it down and I'm hoping it will naturally slow it down by just the lack of inertia of not having gas pedal to be pushed. Um, so I'm hoping like, oh, if I don't push the gas pedal, sooner or later we'll have to slow down, right? And and so it's, it's and I'm in the grass, like, so now the grass is being torn up and this car is just kind of tearing up the grass. And you say, you need to stop, you need to take, well, no, you need to lick the salt out of your wounds and because otherwise it won't stop. Sounds like some sort of prophecy of a movie or something. Yeah, right. And so, and I know, and I realize in my mind that this out of control scenario, right n- now that I'm right as I was analyzing it this morning, is the right the salt. Uh, I, there's a common knowledge that if you put a salt in the wound, then it, it hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. Like meaning. The wound is open and raw, and then just you you're sticking salt in it is just making it worse. In case, in fact, it keep, it keeps it from not healing. I didn't know it keeps it from not healing. Yeah, it, it keeps it from healing. Not from not. It does not let it heal. Okay. At least that is my knowledge. I don't know. I could be okay. wrong about that. I mean, that's like a um a saying is like to rub salt into the wound is like to just make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a saying in Russian too. Um. Right, and so you literally say you need to lick the salt out of the wounds. Otherwise, basically, this out-of-control situation will continue to exist, right? And this is kind of super prophetic, I guess, (laughs) as far as the dream goes. And so the car eventually stops by, like, this chain-link fence. And I come out of it, and I step into stinging nettle, and it stings me all over. And then there's a bee, and it also stings me. It's a lot of, that's a lot of once. Yeah. And it was right. So the dream is really short, but there's a lot of metaphor there, right? So life is going. I am in charge of veering off course, not following the the carpool lane. And then therefore I'm in my own lane. Do you, do you see that as your, you are taking a different path than the, than you should, or a different path than most people. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that you're veering off course? Are you veering off of the course you're supposed to be on, or are you veering off of the course you're not supposed to be on onto the course that you are supposed to be on, or something else? Yeah, I mean, to begin with, when I veered off the carpool lane, it felt right, right? Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh, this is the right thing to do. Like, I did not feel any... But then when I stomped on the gas, it's not that it you, felt... You were trying to hit the brake, but you hit the gas by accident? No, for some reason, I hit the gas, I guess, or the gas is hitting itself, I don't know, and I'm just lunging at it full course, right? So that could be interpreted as, I'm going too fast. But but because it is related to the salt and the wounds, right, I think you have to look at the driving in the retrospect, the 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 going too fast and not being able to stop or not being able to go at the right pace or, or the pace of life right is being affected because I am keeping the salt 
in the wounds. Right. My, my, my not letting go of the wounds, right? Of open wounds, right? So basically still holding on to trauma or still holding on to, um, to hurts or to, um, um, you know, whatever it's basically wound means a hurt, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a pain from the past that I'm still holding on to then, then in turn is causing this out of control type of a stuff. Right. Do you know what that is? No, mm-hmm. I don't. That's the fun part. R- right. But, but the fact the the message there is you're holding on to the pain of the past and you're le- letting it stick around you. And thus the path, the driving is not smooth. Right. Even though you're on your own path, you choose to be on your own path. It is not an easy, easygoing situation, right? Because meaning that the, the, the message there is, you know, because you said you need to lick out, I need to wash away or let go of the wounds from the past, right? And the, so and as I woke up and, you know, I spent three hours not sleeping in the middle after that dream, I was laying there thinking, what, what if it's just a matter of me Feeling like, okay, if I think, right, this is going back to the book that we still haven't finished. But thinking of where do I feel the hurt? What is it that I feel the hurt at, right? And not necessarily trying to identify any specific case, but just generalize that stuck feeling in my body. Where does the pain sit? And then possibly allow that to flush, right? And without without possibly any specific identification, just trying to let go of the past, Mm. right? Uh, when, when we, when we, uh, last, last recording that we did, when we talked about their spiritual awakening and then you distancing yourself from me physically, whenever the dog lady thing happened and I was editing that portion, I realized, oh wait, that did hurt me. And like, yeah. and as I was editing the video, I, I was watching your reaction to that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then, so then I realized, oh wait, that's still a raw a raw wound, right? Like that's still, I mean, that was what, like two years ago, three years ago? Wait, yeah, co- yeah three years. Yeah, over three. Oh yeah, I'm like, it feels, it feels more raw than that, right? Like yeah. here I am actually thinking about it and it's bringing up more rawness. Right. Right. And so it is not that necessarily the wound, I'm not holding anyone responsible for it, right? So I'm past that. That is the first stage of letting go of the past is to begin with, we hold other people responsible for the wounds that we carry, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that prevents us from actually recognizing what the wound is. As long as we hold somebody else's responsible for our pain, we will not be able to recognize that we're holding on to that pain. And so like, I think step one is Recognize that when you hold someone responsible, it hurts still. It still hurts, right? There's still salt in the wound. Uh, b- but really, it's not on anyone at all, it, right? That that pain is right. not on anyone. Right. And so the recognition and letting go of the blame allows you to then go inside and center in and actually see that you're still holding on to it. In my case, even though I'm not blaming you for it, right? Like I have zero charge to go, oh, you did this to me. We're past that, right? We recognize that that is just a... Um, it's a trigger. Projection. It's not you did this to me. It's you. It, it It's more... It's always, it, you know, 
not you did this to me. It's you did something and that triggered me to feel this way. Yeah. Right. I feel this way. Yeah, you know, it's indirectly because of you, but it isn't really directly because of you. Yeah. And what I realized... Or, uh, that's for everything. For everything. Every, everything, everybody, all throughout life. Yeah. Every, everything that you either judge someone else doing or hold responsible mm-hmm. having done to you. Right? Both of those. Right? Whether you... If you're judging someone and you think it's in no way personally affects you, but you're just out there judging random things ah, in the look world. At that person. Yeah, that's a trigger. It's being you're you're being triggered, but on a very subconscious level. Mm-hmm. And then holding someone or deeming someone responsible and holding someone responsible for your pain and your suffering is is basically a more glaring trigger. But once again, you're still projecting that blame onto somebody else it doesn't even matter who is a third party because you're not willing to take responsibility for yourself of how it makes you feel based on the pain body that it's stirring yeah and so the pain body that i realized it hit with me right right is that that same pain, pain body of being rejected for who i am but in this case i realized it is more personal right like to be rejected by, by to be rejected for who you are by the world is different than to be rejected by who you are, by your loved one. Right. And I think that's the difference that I have not let go yet. Right. Is that I spend a lot of time processing, allowing myself to feel safe and not being rejected by the world. But I, I think I still yet to spend time trying to process being rejected by someone who, you know, means the most to me. I'm going to get emotional now, but I'm going to try not to. Then. So that's its own, I think, pain body that I need to uh, release. Yeah. But I think our relationship kind of sits there. It stems from acceptance and rejection of each other. At the core, you know, because in in all honesty, it is because I'm rejecting myself somehow or I'm in fear of not being accepted. Right. And then we play that off of each other as a a tennis match. Right. Or ping pong game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still... There's probably still like a barrier there that needs to be removed, at least on my end. Uh, what that what that meant going 20 years back, but then realistically 40 years back, but then realistically through all the lifetimes. Right. Right. So right. it's just kind of like this cumulative, like, okay, I can take the first step in this lifetime, in this relationship. And then the next step is to the beginning of, of my uh, innerness in this lifetime. And then the and then, then the progression from that is to all the variants of that uh, strand, right? Because that strand quite literally carries itself and branches out into all the lifetimes in the past. You know, with various nuances, but it's still there. So yeah, that was that was my dream. Hmm. Oh, in the section prior to that, actually, I think it relates is you and I are doing some sort of ballroom dance. Oh, yeah? And is some Am I an ex-boyfriend of, still? No, no, oh, no. Nice. Yeah. I think the ex-boyfriend comes in into that unprocessed emotional trauma, right? Like to where I you are who you are, but anytime you're somebody who I don't want you to be, uh, then then right, then there's that that crossover to where you're both people at the same time. Um and a lot of the time, maybe most of the time. When there's someone else in your dream, 
it isn't necessarily them. Oh, yeah, it's never them. It's you projected into them. Well, no, in this case, it's not me. It is, it is, I actually think it is you. Your idea of me. Your idea of, my idea of you, but because I'm mixing you up with my ex-boyfriend, it has an essence of you, which is what I want, but then it still has the essence of something else that I don't want. Uh, And then, but then because I'm not separating, right, because the person who hurt me in my mind, right, is something that I don't want. So that part of you that I have not forgiven or let go or separated from, right, but in honest has not have not released out of my wound, right? Uh, is is why the the ex boyfriend gets convoluted right. in there? Well, then sometimes, you know, just because there's someone in your dream that you happen to know, it isn't necessarily really doesn't mean it's them. It's what they mean to you. Mm-hmm. It's that part. It's a part. It's really a part of you. No, no. So yeah, that's right. That still relates to me. Then yeah, yeah. So it's a part of you that you are, you know, a. You could call it an archetype, a Jungian archetype, or a, you know, something that is, it isn't necessarily, I guess in this case, it isn't me in the dream necessarily. It is your projection of me mm-hmm. in the dream. But, yeah, you know, yeah. but that comes from within you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but the projection is you are the reflection of the pain body that still holds the wound right, that I'm still right. needing to lick, right? And like, and then think about licking of the wound. That is literally what a wounded Animal. animal would do, yeah, right? right? And so you're telling me that I need to lick, lick the salt out of my wounds, right? Yeah. Which you could also take it as like, take care, like... Ad- address, nur- address nur- nourish yourself. Nurture self. Yeah, and nurture, allow yeah. And allow this hurt to process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, right? Like, so nuanced and metaphorically, like you can't even come up with this. Right. So like higher self is magnificent. And so, right. And, and if you, and not, no, I'm not saying every dream has that type of potential for analyzing, but that is what you and I do a lot of the times is we, we, we take a dream that does have that potential. Right. And then is maybe it is in our wheelhouse to, to analyze because it's a little bit more approachable. And then we talk about it like this. And, and I want to give, the credit to I took a dream dream workshop with someone who I uh, highly respect. I don't think this person listens to this podcast, but her whole dream workshop teaching was basically this. Um, and she referenced the fact that um, all the most of the most prolific um, discoveries and but then also spiritual guidance. In her case, she talked about the Bible, like the Jacob's Ladder, right? So those those type of high-arching high concepts were all dreams. And then there's spiritual guidance that allow you to process and let go and really kind of awaken to to real being as opposed to suffering. Does she have a book? Oh, yeah, yeah. She has a book. Yeah, okay. Joyce has a book. So, yeah. Editing. Yeah. And so in her book, what she does is she basically, actually she does this. She, she talks about, like she talks about her dream and then she kind of has a section of kind of trying to analyze or she's basically, it's not even really how to, it's not positioned as how to, but it kind of is meant to be that natural way of like, here's the dream and here's what my interpretation and here's where it guided me. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, 
um, books and resources out there for interpreting dreams. And there are, I, from, <clears throat> excuse me, from what I've learned and from, from how I feel, they're like guidelines. It's not to say that the car is always this in the dream, but usually, but if, it, if, if you, if you, if you see one of these, these guys and says that, you know, oh, I, I had dreamt of a rhinoceros and that means, I don't know, whatever it means, maybe, but maybe not. If it, it'll, it'll, you'll feel it if that yeah. feels right to you or not. Yeah, there's, I think there's, because uh, on Guy we saw the lady, the British lady that she has something called like the dream, the dream diary. Right. And you can, you can flash that here because I think like basically she, she's a dream intuitive reader and she took every single word and wrote what the most generic interpretation of that right. word could be. The most common one, but it isn't necessarily what it is for you yeah, yeah. in this dream yeah. at this time. And I think she does say that, you know, this is what, you know, generalized interpretation of rhinoceroses. But but first, I think she says, always first start looking in within you. What does yeah. rhinoceros mean to you? Right. Right. Like to me, rhinoceros won't mean the same thing to someone who is, you know, works in a zoo or who is, you know, in the, where are, where are they? Africa? Mm -hmm. You know, works on the, on the. Safaris. And safaris, you know, protecting them or something. Mm -hmm. That would be very, very different meaning than it would be to me. Yeah. What does rhinoceros mean to you? They're big and strong. Oh, yeah. They're big and strong and, uh. So, like, if you dreamt of rhinoceros, it would be, like, strength? I guess. Strength. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a rhinoceros in a dream. I never had a rhinoceros in a dream, either. I've only seen a handful in real life. Just, just, just at the, the zoo. zoo. Yeah, I guess we never, we're not the safari type of people. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just had that discussion yesterday. Uh, we're not going to go there. To me, shooting on a safari is shooting with the camera. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, beside the point here. but Yeah. To me, see, to me, rhinoceros... I almost imagine them like ar armored, right? Like they in, feel like they're armored, in, and then like what was it? maybe like one protected, right? But you know, my thing is security, right? That's like if if you had to go, oh, what's what's going to trigger you with me? It's security. Do you, do you remember in the beginning of uh, Kung Fu Panda? Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert: When mm -hmm. the uh, tiger is escaping from the prison and all the guards are rhinoceroses. Oh, yeah, rhinoceroses, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, who's going to take out a rhinoceros? Yeah, they're, they're yeah, yeah. you know, you know, rhinoceros versus a lion, rhinoceros versus a bear. I don't know. Rhino might win. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I was growing up, I always thought of rhinoceros as like uh, stocky and, and strong, I guess from your perspective, but armored. Right. Like, meaning they like, like they have protection like and armor. Triceratops of the modern world. Right. I mean, how right. crazy is that? It has a freaking horn. It has a horn. Two, I mean, wait, I'm, two, right? Don't they have two? I thought it was one. Like what, two here or? I thought it was like one big one and then one little one. Oh, maybe. Maybe on depending on the breed or maybe the small one is just not as noticeable. I guess, you know, in my dream, if there'll I were to. A, there'll be a picture right here to show who's right. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> in my dream, if I were to draw a rhinoceros, I would just do one horn, but I could be wrong, you know. It's like, you know, whenever people draw, there's those exercises when somebody's required to draw a bicycle. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that nobody knows nobody how knows bicycles how to draw work. A bicycle. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like support triangles in there that like <laughs> nobody can really, right? Everybody's seen a bicycle. Yeah. But they are hard to draw. I, I think, I mean, 
right? Yeah. Maybe we can, maybe as a fun exercise, we'll both draw a bicycle. We'll both draw, draw a bicycle. And then you'll put we'll it, up it up here. right here. It's both stacked. stacked and, right? and then we can see who's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get off topic again. Mm. No, but so, so yeah. So, inter so, in one, I think everyone dreams. And so it's like this fun little place to play. Some people don't remember their dream. You know what I have noticed? Uh, this is, over, and this is, I think, on purpose to coincide with this particular episode, is that the the last, not this last night where I didn't sleep at night, but the previous two nights, I had uh, cocoa tea uh, both days, and I had the best sleep and the most vivid dreams. I have had really good sleep and really and a lot of dreams. I don't know, the last three or four nights. But, but I also have been going to bed with an intention that I'm going to have vivid, meaningful, deep dreams, and I will wake up and remember them, and I won't be too lazy to write them down. Yeah, right. That's the that's the hard part, because sometimes it's like, oh, I'll remember this. is important. I'll remember this. Mm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm sitting there remembering it. I'm like, okay, okay. And I go and I, I just type them in on a notes on my phone. And it's gone by the time I reach over for the phone. It's awful. Yeah. But lately, lately they've been very vivid and I've remembered but, them. But I think if you have, excuse me, I think if you go to bed with that intention, yeah. that will happen. Uh, one of the, so like I, I watched another thing about dreaming and they said, do not, do not roll over. So like if you wake up and you remember your dream. Don't move at all. Don't move. Don't roll over. So if you can reach your phone. Yeah you know, to type them r without moving. Because basically the change of that position sometimes just erases that dream. What I do is I, I lay there and I almost like repeat, mentally go through the dream again and I'll pick out important key key things. I'll be like, okay, there was a laser pointer. Okay, there were, there was a strip mall. Okay, there was this, 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 this. And, and I'll just go laser pointer, strip mall, you know. Before over, you rotate? Before I reach over. Because if nothing else, I can write down laser pointer, strip mall, and that will... Yeah. And then I can fill in the details after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because sometimes I have two or three dreams that I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, there's two or three dreams and I need to like, I'll make a note, laser pointer dream, strip mall dream, whatever dream. Yeah. I had a laser pointer strip mall dream last night. So that's the. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? No, I want to talk about a different one. Oh, okay. I had a dream where I was over at this family's house and there was the, uh, do we watch something that had a family? I don't remember. Um, there, well, we watched a, a trailer for a new Mark Wahlberg movie. Yes, that's what it was. So it was. It wasn't Mark Wahlberg, but it was a. Uh, it was some some just average guy, and he had. Yeah, I think that was the, the trailer. Kids. Yeah, but it was some average guy. It wasn't Mark Wahlberg. Is Mark Wahlberg not an average guy? Huh? Is Mike Wahlberg not an average guy? I don't know. <laughs> um and. Uh, I don't even know if if there was a if there was a, a woman in it or not, but um, we're we're not like he. I don't know if he's making dinner, but dinner dinner's getting ready, mm -hmm. and they're sitting around, standing around like an an island in the uh, in a kitchen, and I'm I'm like a guest, and they have this anxiety over electricity, um. And I don't have anxiety over electricity, but I went to bed last night thinking, oh, I need to change that circuit breaker. 
And since we're going to Home Depot in a couple of days, I'm like, oh, that's right. I should remember to add that to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have anxiety over it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This means that there's some sort of unresolved issue, or pain, pain body, uh, in around electricity. And you need and and if it's making you uncomfortable, that's great. You need to you know sit with that and that and and let that come up and and explore that and 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 release it. And um, the dad and one of the kids is like, thinks that's a great idea. But the other kid just gets really agitated by this mm-hmm. suggestion. And I'm like, see, you're getting even more upset. This is great. This means it's right there at the surface. Now is the great time. Just go, just go explore it. Mm-hmm. And, and that just makes them even more agitated. I'm like, no, right now, this is perfect. Don't let it go. It's right there. Just let it out. That, that was it. Do you have, do you have? Electricity anxiety? I don't think I have electricity anxiety. <laughs> Do you have other anxieties? I probably have other anxieties. I don't <laughs> think it's over electricity, though. Uh, when I was... I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. I just did some electrical work that has yet to be really tested. <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe it is electricity. Or is it? Do you think so? I don't know. I guess we'll find out Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we might as well talk about it. Um, it's because it came up, it came up to me right as I as I woke up, and so there's that crossover of the car driving versus not driving, and you talked about model uh, Teslas possibly getting their um, self driving on at the end of the year. Yeah, and I don't know how it's version twelve, but I don't know what that means and how that's different from eleven. Yeah, I don't know, but. <laughs> we we're getting ready to pick up our car so as a as a brush stroke and with me anytime something gets really close remember when we were getting ready to go to ayahuasca i said like the day before everything that is kind of like a fear fear based anxiety comes up yeah i mean i have that too to a degree um and so the close well, was before that before like closing on a house some yeah before whatever you deem before, as big you know refinancing before all this all these like large large things I, things that identified as large right and it's like is it people do these things all day every day no but you know you and i have you but we, don't, we, we don't we don't buy cars, buy cars too often yeah we haven't bought a car in 15 years 15 was it 15? 15 years yeah a long time 2008 wow and my car's coming up on on one t yeah, so, twenty years old. So with me, get, a, get an just the, for it. Just the discussion of like, what does it mean to get a new car, and like how, you know, it, you know, it, the out of control portion also feels like if there are certain things in the procedures of getting car that are out of my control, right? Which is I think is related to it. So the car in this case is also driving, but at the same time it's sim- simultaneously actually a car, right? So I think my dream is both. Um, because if we're picking up the car and the things about its condition out of our control, yeah. that gives me anxiety. That out of control anxiety, which stirs up the unsafety, right, of not being able to handle something or do something. Yeah. Anytime I have an anxiety over something, it is because there's potential things. Uh, because in my mind, I deem there are certain things that are outside of my control, right? Hence the safety, my safety trigger, that I will not be able to address, and thus 
feel hopeless about it. But it all comes down to safety. Right. So in this case, it doesn't actually make sense how me not getting a car and have it go and have it be right would it would then in turn cause me not to be unsafe. But that is the trigger that is triggering. Right. I can see the trigger. Like logically it doesn't actually follow through, but it is still triggering that like uh, anxiety of a situation that is outside of your control. Like well, there you go. When we bought our first house, remember? Oh my gosh. We were we were we, we were, we were poor we're, we were and young. Poor, young and poor. <laughs> but we got qualified for a house. And yeah. so to us it was just like a miracle. And it was an it was a spec house that had been mostly built, but not for anybody. Just the builder said, Oh, this looks good. We'll just do yeah, it. Yeah, it was way. just inside one of those development but neighborhoods. We, we, we caught it at enough time where we got to choose the paint color. And we got we didn't choose paint color? I mean when you say choose paint color, not really. We caught it before it was completely finished. Completely finished, yeah. I think we got to pick close. the lights. Oh, we picked lights. We picked fixtures. That's right. Fixtures and like doorknobs and yeah, like you know, like instead of doing gold, we chose silver. Yeah, right. Like because I think back then all the houses were built with gold, um, brass, gold hinges and doorknobs and all that stuff. Just gold, like that shiny gold. Yeah. But we, but then that like we, we were we like never the, we into like gold. The, the brush nickel look. Yeah, and so like we got to pick the brush nickel right. fixtures. But the house wasn't complete by the time closing rolled around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was livable, but like there was a what was it? There was supposed to be like a bed of rocks underneath the deck or something that wasn't there, and the hinges were the wrong hinges or. I don't remember. There were a handful of, you know, really there were minor things. Well, no, and some some of the door, door. What are they called? The thing that has the door swing. Were gold. The door hinges. Is that hinge? Okay, hinges. Yeah, yeah. The oh, door, okay. They were the wrong door hinges, and uh, you know, a handful of you know, cosmetic things that that wouldn't prevent you from living there. Yeah, but they needed to be done before they needed, they needed to they, be done. They, yeah, they were supposed to be done. That was the deal. You you know, here's the list of stuff that is still yet to be done. Mm-hmm. And someone recommended, oh, hey, yeah, don't close. Because once you close and the builder has his money, you're never going to see him again. Mm-hmm. You know, don't close. Or at the very least, you know, withhold some money. You know, have a have a, a thousand or two thousand dollars sit in some sort of escrow until he does the whatever the list was Mm -hmm. and uh i guess we asked our realtor to do that and the realtor tried maybe we didn't have the greatest realtor and the builder was like nope and well we're like oh well what are we going to do because our apartment lease is up so guess we'll close anyway and sure enough it never gets done and you know a couple months go by and the only way it got done was by, you had to call up, was it the bill, the BBB or the? No, Home Builders Association. Home Builders Association and file a complaint. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, why he are you filing? Pissed. Yeah, he got pissed off. Why are you filing a complaint? And we're like, because you never finished it. Well, no, because he he, refu- he started even getting back with me. Like yeah. I would just contact him and contact him. I think this is before, t- is there, do we have text messages at this point? I don't know. I don't if know we this had is 2004. Or I don't even know if there's such thing as text. Maybe there's text. I don't know. Whatever it was, I tried to contact him. He refused to acknowledge <laughs> me. Sent a carrier pigeon over. Carrier <laughs> pigeon. 
<laughs> right? Like to to say right now that there was a time before you could send a text. We had we had text. I remember we had text. I, I, but it was not the primary not form like, of communication. Yeah, texts were weird. Yeah, back then. Uh, yeah, but like right now, most of my business is being done. Right? Like anytime now I hire all, a contractor, it's, it's, it's just awkward text. to get a phone call. Yeah. What? I don't like people calling. Yeah, and so, but that anxiety, right? That anxiety that is out of your hands anxiety mm-hmm. that stimulates this feeling of hopelessness, which in turn stimulates the feeling of unsafety for me, is the trigger. Yeah. And so the 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 buying of this car is is, think, is stimulating you know, that. Is it is it going to be perfect, or is it going to be? Here's a whole list of things that would prevent us from buying it, or are we going to buy it anyway and then hope it gets fixed later? <laughs> No, I'm hoping everything will be fine, be fine and the world will just resolve itself. In the end, I had to replace all those hinges myself in that house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the door. I mean, the kitchen knobs. I mean, it's not a big deal to no, replace I mean, them. But not, still, that's something deal, should be done. But it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you're right. paying someone else to do it, we literally had, we, it was part of the price. We had paid someone else to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when, 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 one, maybe this is just a general lesson. When you're young. And you this, don't, yeah, you don't realize you can say no. You, you don't, yeah, which, you know, goes back to just having balls or maybe having actualized sense of being to where you actually know how the world works, yeah, right? Yeah. So when you're young and you're buying a house for the first time and you're clueless. Yeah. And in my, on my end, I had really no one to help us because my parents are not native to the United States. So I am the native, Eng- I say native English speaker. I am the only person that speaks English better than my parents in my family, right? And so therefore, well, there you go. When my parents closed on their house, I had to be there as a translator and I had to review all the documents and I had to, you know, make sure that everything was done right. And I'm right. 13. And so at that point, right, that's that same hopeless feeling. I'm like, wait, I am just now learning English. I'm closing on, right. a, you know, back a, then it was a $120,000 house, which was a lot of money to us. Right. I mean, you obviously we financed, you know, 80% of it, but still, and I don't know how this process works. Right. And, and my dad is not in a position to be researching this because everything's in English. Right. So him and I are trying to figure this shit out that's together. Scary. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. And in fact, is we're relying on our realtor, you know, who. That's the, it was the same, the same realtor. We shouldn't have never hired that realtor. But <laughs> yes. It was just. Yeah, right. But, but so it's scary. Yeah, right. Especially, especially if you don't know how the world works, you don't know what the rules are, you don't know what you can ask for or not ask for. You know, if somebody says, "Oh no, this is just the way how things are done," at that time, based on my status quo, like you and I didn't push back. Right. We could have said, "Guess what? We're not closing until you pull rocks under our deck." Yeah. Pro tip to (laughs) young people listening: Don't. Buy something that you're not completely happy with. It is they that let's say it's a it's a builder or even even an individual holding onto a house. Every month that goes by is more mortgage they have to pay, yeah, and more taxes that get prorated into it. So every day, every day is a, is a not insignificant chunk of change that is out of their pocket. It would be cheaper for them to you know, and this is the builder. He's not the one screwing hinges on. He has his subcontractor do it. It will be cheaper for them to pay someone to do it, which is what you paid them for anyway. Yeah. Than for them to hold on to it for another week, let alone another month. Yeah. Yeah. So if we had if we had said, okay, well then we'll just wait until it's done. How about next month? He would have said, 
okay, well, I'll get it done before that. Yeah, but yeah, a real, absolutely a real, realtor did not push. But then honestly, at the time, and this is going to like even make us even more pitiful, but we did not have enough money to make the next month's rent rent on our apartment. Right. We we Because we were that poor. We everything was going into this house. Yeah, and in fact, we did not have enough money to get a refrigerator and a washer and a dryer for that house. And we had to build that in into our home loan yeah. and finance that out over, you know, a 30-year year, I'm assuming it was a 30-year right. loan. I mean, that is just pitiful. Like, thinking right. back right now, it makes me want to cry how pitiful we are. Maybe that's was, another wound I need to it lick. Was, it was cute. I mean, it all worked out amazing. No, it worked out amazing. But remember, how, I mean, just the amount of stress. There was a lot of, of the financial unknown, stress. Right. Because, like, There's, you, we you just got your job. I am on commission. I don't know what my paycheck will be from month to month. Right. right. The whole and thing. So I'm, like, hustling yeah. over there. And this, just this was This was pre, what was it? Um. The uh, all that banking reform that happened in the in the mid two thousands after after was it after Enron or something where you could walk in off the street and you could just get a million dollar loan because because you have a nice smile they were just they were just banks were just handing out money out the wazoo to everybody now it's much harder to get a a loan let alone some sort of ridiculous loan and they you know. They approved us for uh, like forty percent more than we ended up spending, because because we, yeah. we were like, really, you you would give us that much? That doesn't seem like a great idea to, for us as a first time homebuyers to buy a house like that. Yeah, and at the time, the mortgage broker, um, she's like, oh yeah, you can actually go. We can approve you for a hundred thousand more than that. Yeah, but I just personally would not recommend. But that tells you how how lax the, lax the banking industry was. Yeah. It's, it's but, much tighter now. But that is what led, it wasn't Enron, that's what led to the real estate crisis where all the loans got defaulted. Was it 2008? Eight. Yeah, yeah okay. when, when the financial crisis happened, when, when all the real estate loans got defaulted, right, default is that the term? Yeah. It's because the loans they were giving were like not, they, they shouldn't have never they been given. based in reality. It was yeah. like, oh, you make $50,000 a year, Here's a two hundred. Here's a here's a two million dollar loan. Yeah, I don't and know what? if it was that bad. Know, it wasn't yeah. that bad, but yeah, yeah. We were approved for uh, eight, eight, nine times my salary alone. Yeah, which at the which, time you're like, wait, what? Yeah, right. And only be, and now to us, we were like, wait, I don't know if we can even make this payment. Right, and we did the not payment on we the did house. Not buy eight, nine times. Yeah. at all. But I was worried whether or not we can make the payment that we got. But then we could have basically had a third more on top of that house. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, honestly, we would have been fine. But, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. And you I know. think it was, yeah, but that was Wells Fargo, I think, that we initially got that loan with. Yeah. But yeah, now I guess the real estate industry is completely different and the yes. loan industry is completely different. So everything's a little bit more tighter. Since then, there's, you know, prove it. Well, no, yeah, you got yeah, here to give me two years of, of, of tax documents and two years of bank history and, you know, which was, wait, there's money. Where did that come from? And that was always the case. Was that? I don't yeah, remember. that was always the case. Cause, cause I remember like anytime you would, you know, you would deposit the money if you had, had a stash in the mattress and to decide to deposit it in the bank so you can make a, 
deposit on, you know, the, they needed like six months yeah. for that money to be in there before they could ask questions. I guess I don't know if people still have money in the mattresses, but my grandma had it in her uh, underwear drawer. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Good place to keep it? I guess. I I mean, it was it was an armoire. Um, if I was if I was a burglar, like I get what I even look under a mattress. I don't know that anybody would ever keep something under a mattress. Under the mattress or in the mattress? Oh, you mean in the mattress? Oh, I don't know. Do, do they do they open it? I, I guess you can cut a slit in it. I don't know. Oh, it'd probably be all the dead skin and all that shit yeah. in there. <laughs> well, even better. <laughs> the burglar's uh, burglar not gonna look. Not gonna... <laughs> That's right. Well, they got my money, but they also got got my bed bugs. <laughs> no I meant like just dead skin if you have bed bugs I think there's a whole other uh, set of issues yeah so we kind of got distracted again we did uh, what were we talking about dreams dreams oh yeah yeah well buying a house is a dream yeah not those type of dreams <laughs> that more of a more of a nighttime dreams nighttime dreams yeah and then everything that it brings up mm-hmm. what was the laser pointer in um I had I'm, I don't remember I was I was on a bus with a bunch of people and we went to some strip mall and we went into the store. It was like 4 a.m. And and the store had these weird hours when they when they would open the doors and then they would lock the doors. So we, we got in at 4 a.m. and we were in until 6 a.m. the next day. So for 26 hours, we were, we were going to be locked in here. But then I guess afterward, I don't even remember spending the time in there, but then afterward, we're outside and it's 6 a.m. but it's dark. Um, and I have these, this laser pointer, which kind of works and sometimes it doesn't work, which is exactly like the one I have up there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, uh, but it's red. It's the green one that does that. My red one works great. Um, and I'm like, oh, and I'm, I see like, there's, there's a building far away and then there's another building even further away and even further away. And I'm trying to like aim it at that. But um, I can't hold it steady enough because I don't want it to hit the windows. I just want to have it. And so I, I brace it against a a wall, like a corner. And I'm like shining it at that. But it's like, it it, it does exactly what my, laser, my green laser pointer does, where it's like, sometimes it's bright and sometimes it's not. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why it is or isn't. And if I really want it to be bright, I just open it up and close it back up and then it's bright. Like the battery almost has connected. I've changed, yeah. And I've, like the, I've the tried new batteries. I've tried aluminum foil, maybe. Maybe that's a good idea. Um. And uh, and so it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, look at that! It's all nice and bright. And then I'm like, hey, look, you can see it way over there. And we, and he looks, and it's it's so dim that nobody can see it. And yeah. Where does I mean? Is that something to analyze? Probably. I don't know. What does laser pointer represent? I always like laser pointers, and it took me a long time to get one because first time I learned about laser pointers was in high school, and I was on a college campus, and they sold them at the store, and uh, my friend had money, and he bought one, and I, you know, I'm in high school, and you don't carry money with you, and I couldn't, but I wanted one. Um, and so when we went back the next year, I brought money, but they didn't have them. <laughs> and, uh, then they never had them again. And it was, uh, much later in life when I finally got a laser pointer. So there's some sort of lack. Lack. Scarcity. There, scarcity. 
of laser pointers. Now we have a lot of laser pointers. So, so, you're, comp- so you're compensating for the feeling right. of scarcity. Well, I, bought a, I bought a three pack because I wanted three different colors. Yeah. You know, everyone has got a red laser pointer. I wanted something that was, wasn't red. I wanted green specifically. Yeah. Because I was going to make a, so, like, a video about it. But so that's the one that doesn't work. The one I wanted the most is the one that has the problem. Yeah, but I'm sure aluminum foil will just fix that. Uh, so laser, po- you having a laser pointer is some sort of offset to feeling of lack. Yeah. Right? You're- I mean, back in the day, they, they weren't cheap either. Yeah, I was, remember buying mine at Kroger. It was probably, I don't know, 10 bucks or something. Yeah, it was, Which, you know, mine for, was like for 12 a, or 13. For a stupid Wait, toy. Or a gas station. You know, at the gas station, the, the checkout sometimes, they, they would hang right stuff. there. Yeah. But that was the, back when they were new and fangled, that w- they would just, and they would be expensive too, so they would be closer to the to the register, you know. <laughs> Harder to steal. I guess. Because, you know, you can pocket that. I guess oh, yeah. I, know. I think we still have the red one that I had. Yeah, so. Is that is that the little keychain one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's upstairs in the. Is oh, that yours or mine? In the awesome drawer. It's, it's not mine. Okay, then it's mine. Yeah. But that one's well made. So having a laser yeah, but it, pointer. It takes weird batteries. Oh, it does? It's not like a. Double A, AA. AA. Yeah. So having a laser pointer is lack, the opposite of lack, right? Opposite so, of abundance. No, it is. Having is, is abundance. Yeah. Right? Feeling fulfilled. Or abundant, or feeling like you have what oh, you want. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, right. So you have you in the dream. You have the laser pointer, and you have what you want, right? And then it, you showing it to somebody else is showing off the fact that you have what you want. But it working or not working, which is that intermittent state, is that then? Wait, you being able to. You you feeling fulfilled with what you have versus not feeling fulfilled with what you have, but I don't know if it has to do. Does it feel like it has to do with show, showing off, or was it just like the excitement of the happiness? It of was playing the excitement. I wasn't like, "Ooh, look at me!" My fancy laser pointer. It was like, "Hey, this is cool." Yeah. So so feeling fulfilled in feeling feeling fulfilled in this abundance, but then at the same time experience intermittent lack thereof, right? It not working is what when it's not working when you're when you're abundant and you have what you want but then it's not working yeah right is that is that lack or is that somewhere in between because you have it but it's not really exactly what it's not you want. it's not giving you the satisfaction that you thought it would hmm right if it felt lack and then you have something that would make you feel abundant because that is something that you wanted since you were in high school and you do have it, but it doesn't work right the way you want it to. Then, yeah. then it, it doesn't satisfy the feeling of not feel right. It, it is not the solution to not feeling the lack. So meaning lack needs to be addressed from deeper deep deeper mm-hmm. being like that's how i would interpret it yeah that that makes sense yeah so and again that is not saying that you're feeling lack about any one particular thing but right. if there is a feeling of lack it is a deeper thing than just a laser pointer right yeah i mean it isn't in real life about laser pointers 
Yeah, but in this case, what is the true solution to feeling lacked? What is the true point of self-satisfaction when you feel in lack? And then maybe the question is, what is it that you're feeling lack about in this particular instance, like within this, you know, this week or next last couple of days or what? what is the point of lack? Like, what are you feeling you're lacking? I mean, I've also have a similar anxiety about the car being okay. Yeah. But I think we're bringing that on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but at the same time, this is a perfect time for to reflect like okay if we have this much anxiety for car being okay we, I, what we we just i just you know well you know, what, what do you how do you pick up a, a car is there like a check okay here's a checklist make sure that the the trunk closes make sure the lights are aligned you know all this stuff and it's like oh my gosh this list it's a lot of stuff that could that you know it's on the list because it has gone wrong for somebody this, yeah. is, this, this is a compilation of everybody yeah. else's horror story. But this is like Tuesday planning, right? And there's all this, there's these horror stories of, nope, the car was was terrible. And, you know, now you're back in the line to get a new, oh my gosh. So it, it you know, it is this, uh, I have, I've read a lot of horror stories about picking up cars. Yeah, but, we're, but kind, you know, we're kind of doomsday planning there, right? Yeah. But nobody is like, everything was great. Nobody bothers to say that. Yeah. So, and that's what happens almost all the time. So I'm sure it will be fine. But yet I have just read a whole bunch of bad stuff. Yeah, but I think we are also the type of people that get anxiety over like these things that are just, this is the way it is, period. And it's outside of your control. And then with me, going back to that scarcity and fear and not safe mindset is if it's outside of my control, it's unsafe. Right. <laughs> and to make it worse, oh, it's okay. You, you get you get seventy two hours or a hundred miles to to report anything. Home's one hundred five miles away. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll have an update whether or not we have a new car <laughs> that we've been waiting for for fifteen years. <laughs> That's the thing is, if you and I did not spend last fifteen years. I'm not saying all oh, last 15 years we were saving up for a new car, but we've been saving up for this car for the last five or six years, right? If we did not spend last five or six years building up right. to this- This like once in a lifetime, what it feels like. Yeah. To, to us, this is a big right. deal. And we saved up money yeah. for it and we planned for it and we searched for it and we've I mean, been some, trying to get a some, car for the last some three years. Some buy, people buy you know, a new car every few years. Some people lease cars. Some people buy used cars. It's like we buy- a car and we keep it 15 years. Yeah. That's our thing. Yeah. So I think if to most people, this is probably just like a brushstroke of just like right. any other day, like they trade cars all the time. But to you and I, we have built this up into like right. once in a lifetime situation, like on the same level as buying a house. Right. In fact, we have bought the cow, some houses that we have for the price of this car. Maybe less. <laughs> They needed some work, though. <laughs> yeah, some houses we have are less than this. <laughs> right, so to us, it is a big deal. And we have pumped ourselves up to be even bigger of a deal. Right? Like, to most people, like, whacking out this chunk of change on a car is, like, just another day. Maybe because you're not, like, I grew up super poor. And then the scarcity, and then, like, big money decisions were never made 
But then through our lifetime together, anytime we would make a big money decision, I always felt that sense of apprehension. I'm like, wait, I don't know. I have not done this very often. I don't know what could go wrong. This checklist is super ginormous. And so like, it's like. What, one of the things that um, budget about 90 minutes to go through this checklist. <laughs> I'm like, an hour and a half to go through this checklist. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I didn't grow up poor. I grew up, I grew up squarely, you know, American middle class suburbs. But I, I, I had a. Uh, I won't even say frugal. I'll say cheap. Cheapness, where I would hesitate to spend money, especially on myself. Yeah, I. You see, I have, I have that same thing. And I wonder if that comes more from the pain body of not being deserving more I, so yeah, than our I, bringing I like, think it is. income levels. I think it is. I would, I would feel like maybe guilty about asking for, for a, a larger present, even if I wanted it. I may still ask for it, but there was definitely some sort of unease about, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and my parents were, were you know, they they had enough money to to get it. Yeah. Um. So, but but still, I guess I didn't know their financial situation growing up. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was it was. I don't know. I don't think I asked for an awful lot, but I always got whatever I asked for. Yeah. And with me, I guess you know we didn't have money. How about this? At least I perceived us not having money. I guess my dad's like, my gosh, you would just like. Why, why, you know, you would just, uh, like, he made a comment, like, why in the heck was I this way? Like, in so much scarcity. And then I was in shock. I'm like, because I thought we were super poor and I couldn't ask. Or like, right, like, that was just my understanding of my childhood. And now the tables have turned when they tell you what they want for Christmas. Yeah, but like, I think... I think what it comes down to, my parents never wanted me to feel scarcity. So they went out of the, they thought that they were going out of the way to make sure that I didn't. But I read between the lines of like, oh, look, we don't know if we're going to make it from, because in Ukraine, you get paid once a month. So we don't know if you're going to make it from this month to next month based on the income, right? And so I knew like, I just felt guilty asking for candy bars and I felt guilty wanting clothes and I felt guilty wanting toys, not even because in, you know, Soviet Ukraine, one, the chances of you getting candy bars or even clothes or m- much less toys was not even an option, right? Was just n- not really something that you did, but I felt guilty about it. Mm. Like, and still, but I think it's probably came from a previous life. I mean, I, I felt, I felt guilty about it too. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers coming. I. <laughs> I remember one specific time where you come. Uh, huh? Yeah, I see a sassy walk. My dad took me and my brother to a uh, to a movie. Some I think it was a cartoon or something. I don't know in the hmm. theater, and then he fell asleep during it, hmm. and I felt so bad that he wasted his time and his money to go to a theater with us. And in reality, going out and having a nap in a theater was probably the the highlight of the day. Let's be honest. That was probably the, yeah. yeah. That was probably time and money well spent. <laughs> but to me, you know, the idea of to me as you know, eight years old. I don't know. 
the idea of sleeping through a movie is you, you missed the movie and you wasted the money and you wasted the time. Right. And I, I didn't understand that, but I, I mean, I still have a, this like, like there's this discomfort that comes up with the idea, with that memory that he, that, that he, uh, would have, would have wasted the time and wasted the money. He was probably just happy to be out with his kids. Yeah. Sleeping. And, and sleeping even better. No, but right, you say that there's discomfort, and I say I say same thing. There's discomfort about picking up the scar and what it all means and all this. But what we should do is we should work on allowing that energy to flow. Yes, right. Not just like talk about it and then go okay. Yeah. Till next time. So do exactly what I just said to do in the dream. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that is the lesson of you to you, of as things yeah, yeah. come no, up I, yeah, to let go. I know it is. I know that much. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Is. When, whenever you teach something to someone in the dream, that is basically you, you are asking yourself to do that for you. That's, and that's the, I mean, that's the same thing as the, uh, I think we mentioned on the last or two episodes ago, I had a dream about the queen and I'm talking to you in the dream. And I'm like, that's her pain body. She's a woman. Yeah. But all, all of these dreams that you're having is basically you're telling yourself to work on things. So if there has been a week in between and the dream reoccurred, the same message under different circumstances, that means you're not working on them. <laughs> Which, I say that, being in the same position myself, it is very easy to just go through the day going, oh yeah, I feel that. and that, But then as the flow of life happens, not to go, wait, you know, that stirred something or like, oh, you know, here's the thing. Right to recognize the depth at which it's stirring. Right, mm -hmm. one just be basically like when do you actually choose to pause and allow yourself to feel to feel it? Right, uh, and then two, you know that takes time and, and work, and then most of us just kind of like brush it off and we go on. Right, right. So like as the scar is coming up, I'm feeling myself being more and more tense. But at the same time, if I don't step back and address the, because I'm feeling the tension in my body, like I, I can feel my back, actually my, um, the back of my shoulder blade has started to hurt hmm. uh, because I think it's due to this, right? Like reaching, right? So shoulder, shoulder pain is associated. I'm sore there too. I wonder if we did something. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we did something, but it, the fact that it's hurting is like, that's reaching, right? So if you stretch, that is when, so if it's there's the pain in reaching it, metaphorically, right? You the same way you would process dreams, you could process body ailments that same way. Uh, that's a whole maybe other podcast episode, but but in this case, right? Because my shoulder started hurting as I am going through this process of you know handling anxiety over this car thing. Um, that would be something I'm reaching for something, but I'm anxious about it, right? Or it's painful for me to reach. And then the truth is, why is it painful for me to reach? Was well, because there's a pain body that it's stirring at that logically might not be able correlated, but is still there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is that a, I don't remember what time, how long it's been going on. About but. close to an hour and a half. Yeah. Good. Anything else to add? Keep, I mean, it, one, maybe go to bed with intention like you do. Yeah. The intention of having a dream and then having intention of remembering the dream. And then write your dreams down. Yeah. 
I mean, you you don't you, both of us type them into notes on the phone and just keep a keep a dream journal. Put yeah. the date and then describe the dream. It could be a couple sentences, but the longer and the more detailed, the better. And uh, I like it on uh, digital because then you can go back and search for it. Yeah. And sometimes if there's a topic, I'll I'll like <laughs> do a hashtag, uh, hashtag car, hashtag falling, hashtag school, hashtag you know tooth. These are all the common dreams people have. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, it, it's interesting to I haven't done it, but I think it would be interesting to go back and go. Oh my gosh. Look, at this period of time when I had all these dreams about, you know, missing classes in school, or I can't open my locker, or yeah. my tooth's falling out. Yeah. No, sometimes something comes up, and prior to 20, at some, maybe 21 is when I switched to digital from, but like, I have things that I wrote in, you know, and you're less likely, I feel like I'm less likely, back then I'm less likely to write them in, because I is more work. Like I have to remember not, it. Yeah. Cause you're not writing to, it up. We're not writing it in a, in a book at 1am. Yeah. Right. So I have to remember it into the morning and then I have to sit down and take time to write it. Yeah. So at night, even if it's just the gist of it, it's easier. But then I was, I was looking up something that was another kind of like prophetic dream that was important in, in this time and space. Uh, and it was written, you know, handwritten, um, and it would have been easier if I could search it for. Now, spirits just took me right to that page in that big book. But yeah, um, yeah that would have been easier. Yeah. Dreaming. Dreaming. Happy dreaming. Happy dreaming.